Thank you for joining us today for this service at First Baptist Church of Douglas, Georgia. Know that you can join us on campus every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. for small group Bible study and at 10.45 a.m. and 6 p.m. for our worship services. We offer ministries for preschool, children, and students. You can visit us online at fbcdouglas.com. Now join us in our services already underway. Would you take your Bibles and open them to the book of Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 as we prepare our hearts to receive the elements of the Lord's Supper in just a few minutes. But it's important that we understand what's happening and, and the importance of this ordinance and prepare our hearts to receive it. And we're in Luke chapter 22. I'm going to begin to read in verse 7. Here, of course, Jesus is with his disciples. And this is Jesus before the crucifixion. He's with his disciples in the upper room sharing the Lord's Supper, what would be the Lord's Supper. He inaugurated the Lord's Supper. But they're sharing the, the Passover celebration. So we're going to begin to read in verse 7. And here, notice with me the preparation for the supper. Then they came for the first day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us so that we may eat it. They said to him, Where do you want us to prepare it? And he said to them, When you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house that he enters. You shall say to the owner of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large furnished upper room. Prepare it there. And they left and found everything just as he had told them. And they prepared the supper. It's important that we understand before we come to the table of the Lord that we prepare ourselves to receive the elements of the Lord's Supper. We never want to glibly or perfunctorily come into the house of the Lord to partake of the Lord's Supper without preparation. Now, of course, there is physical preparation. We have the table here before us. We have the elements placed on the table. And we've, we've thought about how to distribute these elements. So we've come to physically prepare for this moment. Is planned and prepared. But it's equally important, even more so I would say, that we prepare our hearts spiritually to receive the elements of the Lord's Supper. As we come to the table of the Lord, we never want to come in a half-hearted sort of a way, never giving really deep thought to what's happening here. This is a very reverent time. This is a very holy moment that we're observing and we're called to remember what the Lord has done for us through participation in the supper. Now one passage I often will turn to as we partake of the Lord's Supper in order to help us prepare is 1 Corinthians. So if you would turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 look with me in verses 23 through 32 
Here Paul is writing to the Christians at Corinth. And you will remember that Corinth is an immature church. There are believers there who have not been saved for very long. So they're immature. They've not grown in the faith. So it's a problematic church. They have a lot of issues going on among them. But Paul's constantly having to try to help them work through. And he does help them. And I'm thankful for that. And, and part of the process of helping them was writing letters to help them to see some of the things that they need to correct. And this is one of them. They were not taking seriously the Lord's Supper. They were just coming together. They were not waiting on one another to start it. They had turned it into something that, that Christ never intended it to be. And it, it caused them to sin. They were sinning because they were coming to the table of the Lord unprepared and without forethought. So let's look at this passage together and we will see some things that will help us. He says in verse 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As I mentioned earlier, Jesus was with his disciples sharing the Passover. The Passover dates back to the Exodus where God's people had been in bondage for over 400 years. They cried out to the Lord. The Lord delivered them, freeing them from Egyptian bondage. And it took 10 plagues to convince Pharaoh to do it. The final plague, the plague of death... God told his people that you can escape the death angel when he passes through Egypt if you will sacrifice the lamb and put the blood on the mantle of the door, the doorpost. And the death angel will pass over your home. So when they made the sacrifice and by faith applied that blood to the door, in fact, the death angel did pass over their homes. Those that were not prepared suffered the loss of their, their firstborn child, male child. And there, were, there was weeping throughout all of Egypt on that night. But God spared his people because they looked to the sacrifice. Christ is our sacrifice. And the sacrifice they offered up at the Passover was a foreshadowing of Christ and the cross. Because Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So now Jesus is with his disciples celebrating that Passover. And he tells them that now from this point on, I want you to do in remembrance of me the supper. The Lord's Supper. And the first element is the element of bread. Representing the body of the Lord Jesus. And then verse 25, in the same way he took the cup. Also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So the cup represents the blood that Jesus shed for us. And all of us who by faith have trust Jesus, we have a new covenant in Christ. We're not living according to the Old Testament rules, rituals, and regulations. We are living a new covenant. We are living by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result, we have experienced his grace. And we have this new covenant. It's superior to the old covenant. 
Christ did not come to eliminate the old covenant, but he fulfilled it. He did what we couldn't do. And now through Christ Jesus, we have become partakers in the salvation that God had provided through his son. And the cup represents that blood, the, the sinless life, the sacrificial death, the blood spilt for us because of our sin. For the Bible says the soul that sins will surely die. And Jesus died in our place. And it's only right that we remember that. The Lord's Supper helps us to remember that. Verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, notice in verse 27, therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself. In so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So here he's beginning to get at the heart of their problem regarding the Lord's Supper. They were not examining themselves. They had turned the supper of the Lord into a feast. And those who were wealthy were coming ahead of time and they were indulging in the food and not being concerned about the other. It, it, it had lost its meaning. And friends, if we're not careful, the Lord's Supper can lose its meaning for us. I mean, I've partaken of the Lord's Supper probably hundreds of times throughout my life. And if we're not careful, we can come in and go through the motions of the Lord's Supper and never really understand or appreciate the impact of these elements, what they represent. The bread and the cup representing the body and blood of Christ, symbolically showing us what Christ did at the cross. That's the feature of the supper. It's for us to remember the great price that Christ paid for us and to show our appreciation for it. It's a time for personal examination where we look at our lives to make sure that we are clean before the Lord. We all, as Christians, I'm talking about those who are born-again believers, we all need to regularly examine ourselves in light of the Word of God and the Spirit of God so that if there's any spiritual impurity, any sin in us at all, that we confess and turn from that sin. And the table of the Lord gives us this opportunity to do it. So we need this spiritual examination. Now, unfortunately, as I mentioned, they had not done that at Corinth. Verse 29, for he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. Paul is telling them that they are struggling in their own physical bodies because they have neglected their spiritual lives. And they were coming into the church house or the place where they gathered and they were going through the motions, but they had sin in their lives. And they were even sinning in the way they were doing the supper. 
And he says that there are those who are among you who are physically weak and sick and some are asleep. That's a, that is a metaphor or a euphemism really, a euphemism for death. God had already judged and was judging some among them because of the way they conducted themselves. Did you know that God judges believers? He disciplines us whenever we live in a way that discredits the gospel and brings harm to ourselves and others. He, with loving care, disciplines us just as a a loving father would discipline his children to correct them. So does God discipline us when we sin and refuse to yield to the Lord. Now he says in verse 31, but if we judge ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. That is, God will not have to discipline us if we deal with our own sins before the Lord through confession and repentance. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So do you see the great importance of coming to the table of the Lord with a serious mind, a sober sober mind, a sense of reverence, and a willingness to examine ourselves and say, Lord, this is my sin. What about you today? Are you where you need to be with the Lord? Are you walking in obedience with the Lord? I know from personal experience, I have to constantly examine myself. And the Holy Scripture has helped me to do that. And the Spirit of God convicts me. And then it's my responsibility to cry out to the Lord and say, God, I have sinned against you. And I I don't want this to be in my life anymore. This does not fit who I am This is not who you created me to be. This is not what you've saved me to be. Lord, cleanse me. Now, I'm still a child of God, but I'm walking in disobedience when I sin. And what I have to do is acknowledge it and turn from it so that there is this restoration of fellowship with God. Do you find yourself in that place this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed And as if you were the only one in this sanctuary this morning, in the very presence of God, are you where you need to be spiritually? I'm talking to believers here. The Lord's Supper is for believers to participate in. If you're not a Christian, the Lord's Supper is not for you to participate in, but to observe And see the gospel on display in these elements so that you will hopefully respond with saving faith in Christ. But for us as Christians who have been baptized, who confessed Christ, we are eligible to participate in the Lord's Supper. But let's spend a few moments of spiritual examination. Could it be that there's some wicked way in you maybe an evil thought or an attitude or actions 
And these things are robbing you of your fellowship with God. Call them by name. Name the sin. Say, God, I have gossiped. Or God, I have lusted. Or God, I have stolen from you. God, I've been angry without cause. And the list goes on and on. Whatever the Lord convicts you of, confess it right now. Turn from it in repentance so that we can come to the table of the Lord with clean hands and pure hearts. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you that you say in your word with great confirmation. If we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord, for cleansing. Thank you for restoration. And Lord, we can walk from this place with great assurance. And knowing that we are clean before you. We thank you for salvation. And we thank you for sanctifying us. Making us right before you. And may we grow and mature in our faith. This now we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Now let's look in Luke chapter 22. As we continue our, continue our preparation. To go into the Lord's Supper verses 14 through 16 notice the people we've talked about the preparation but notice the people at the supper when the hour had come Jesus reclined at the table and the apostles with him and he said to them I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer for I say to you I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God Jesus is with his disciples. These are the people gathered with him on that day. We who are gathered here as baptized believers come to partake in the Lord's Supper. And we do it in thanksgiving for what God has done, remembering his great sacrifice, his death and his glorious resurrection, and also in anticipation 
of his return. We're looking for Jesus to come and establish his kingdom. And there will be that day where we will sit with him and we will celebrate what he has done for us. And then finally, notice the pictures. I want us to look at this a little closer. Verse 17, and when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup, which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. In just a moment, as we partake of the supper and we have that element of bread in our hands, let us remember that it was the bruised and battered body of the Lord Jesus, the one that was crucified on the cross and shed his blood for us that enables us to be forgiven. Jesus was beaten beyond recognition. He was nailed to a cross and hung there for six hours before he died. While on the cross, he shed his blood for us. And the cup represents, the content of that cup, the juice represents the blood that was spilt for us. The Bible says that apart from the shedding of blood, there's no remission for sins. The life is in the blood. Had Jesus not died on the cross shedding his blood in our place, bearing our sin debt, the penalty for our sin, we couldn't save ourselves. We can't be good enough to be saved. Have you ever tried that? Have you tried just with good, solid human will to live righteously? You can't do it. Now, some may be able to do a little bit better than others. But no matter how effective you are at human will and determination, To do the right thing, it's still not good enough. Why? Because you have sinned. And all sin leads to death. If we were to put all of our collective goodness together in one bundle and present it to God, it would not enable us to live one second in his presence. Our goodness is not good enough. It required the death of Jesus, the sinless one dying for the sinners that we might be saved. And it's through placing our faith in him, trusting his death and resurrection as the only means whereby we can be saved that enables us to be forgiven. And with great confidence now, we can come to the table of the Lord and remember what he has done. We pray that you have been blessed by this message today. You can find out more information about this and other messages as well as our church at fbcdouglas.com. You may reach out to us online through our website or visit us in person at 124 North Gaskin Avenue, Douglas, Georgia. We at First Baptist Church of Douglas are striving to love God, love others, and make disciples. Until next time, God bless.